okay, Mackenzie, don't hate me. But like, were either of you cognizant of the world of Milwaukee when Bill Clinton was president? I was cognizant of the existence of Bill Clinton. Okay, that's good. Nick, do you remember when Bill Clinton came to visit Milwaukee in the mid-90s? No, I do not. Okay. Okay. So in then I can just change this how I tell the story a little bit. But like Bill Clinton famously came to Milwaukee to meet with Helmut Kohl, who at that time was the chancellor of Germany. And like this is the first time in my recollection that any like diplomatic thing or person of state. And again, I was 20. So who knows if this was the first time or not, but it's the first time I remember Milwaukee playing an important media attention to a national sort of diplomatic thing. And there was all of this excitement on the local news channels about the presidential visit to Milwaukee and how he was going to speak at Pierre Marquette Park with Helmut Kohl. And then the big question was, where will Bill Clinton, famous connoisseur of exotic dining treats and food, where will he go in Milwaukee for a fancy dinner? And I thought it'd be fun. Let's pretend. Nick, take a guess. Where would you think Milwaukee would host a fancy well, dinner with a German yeah. chancellor? I mean, I would think Mater's. Mater's, yeah. Mackenzie, any thoughts? Like, don't worry about the time. Like, if you were going to do it today, where would you think? Like, okay, so not Old World, Third Street, that's too. Well, there's a place next to Mater, opposite Mater's at the end of the block. They do fish. Mm-hmm. Rock Bahum is that mm-hmm. them? something like that? Yeah, and that's really wait. Milwaukee. No, and then there's and then there's the place opposite Carlson's Carlson's Steakhouse. Those the are shack. all good choices. Those are all mm-hmm. good choices. Real chili. Um, <laughs> now you're now you're getting closer. So try to okay. think about who this is. This is Bill Clinton. Now I'll save you the the struggle of the guessing game. But as the television stations got all more and more whipped into a frenzy, they started telling stories about Maxine's. Do you remember Maxine's? Are they still around? I don't even know if they are, but it's like a fancy place on Brady street, I think. And they're like, obviously it's going to be us. So they went out and like spent money, like setting up a presidential spot to sit. And they like bought a fancy cake, like, (laughs) like welcome to Milwaukee chancellor and like wrote it in Spanish or German or whatever they speak over there. And (laughs) come on. And Mater's was like, well, yeah, they have to come to us. They want to eat the German food. And, but he's like, he's, and everybody's like, yeah, but it's Germany. And they're like, no, he's coming to Mater's. We're going to have things ready and prepared. And there was like two other places that were alleged to be on the short list. I don't remember what they were, but they were like fancy places. And the motorcade comes and they go down to Pier Marquette Park and they give their speech. So they're down there by the old Journal Sentinel building, right? And like they they have this event and they like hop into their motorcade and the motorcade drives off. And now from the UPI archives. Clinton and Cole lunch at Miss Katie's, Milwaukee, May 23rd. With two leaders known for their appetites meeting for a working lunch Thursday, speculation ran rampant about which restaurant would do the hosting. In the end, it came down to a simple white metal diner that specializes in meatloaf and chicken. President Clinton and visiting German Chancellor Helmut Kohl turned aside the hopes of at least three leading German-American restaurants to take their midday refreshment at Miss Katie's Diner. The days of local debate over cuisine ended with a surprise recommendation. The German delegation's plea for standard American fare. The quantities, however, lived up to expectations. Inside Katie's, Clinton and Cole feasted on barbecue chicken wings and barbecue ribs. Vegetable soup with meatballs, steak, lemon chicken, meatloaf, hash browns, green beans and apple pie. Clinton took a sip of beer, but quickly settled for a Diet Coke. It's a light meal. Kitty's 
Diner. I love Miss Kitty's Diner. And everyone in the world was like, what? Bill Clinton <laughs> took him to a, a weird little sort of 50s hamburger dive? <laughs> and I swear to God, I was the only person on earth who was like, well, it is Bill Clinton. That seems about perfect. You can flirt with the waitresses and have a hamburger. What's the problem here? Oh, I've oh, never been there. Oh, no? No. Yeah, I used, to, I used to go there pretty regularly. It's off the beaten path. Mm-hmm. It is. It's on St. Like, Paul, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those back streets. But you can you can see it from the freeway. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, and I've not been in there since the visit 30 years ago. I would love to know if they have like an old faded photograph. Of course. They probably do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Miss Kitty's chosen over Mater's and Maxine's. (laughs) It's Miss Kitty's. Marquette's a great place. Like, (laughs) and I want you to think about what Helmut Kohl's impression must be of Milwaukee, though, because he got to see Pierre Marquette Park. Yeah, they didn't really it's, have a harbor bot then, did they? Not well, not a harbor. What do they call it? Lakefront. The, the, the Riverwalk was there. The, the lakefront was there. They really didn't use the lakefront back then. They really used oh. the Riverwalk. Yeah, and then in those ancient nineties, so he's got to see the the brownfield side of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel building. Yeah, and then they went up St. Paul. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what I so, so that's Bill Clinton's dinner with Milwaukee. This episode of It Will Probably Be Okay was recorded on Saturday, March 13th, 2021. Or something like that. I don't I don't believe it either, but I, it's what it says. It's what it says on the computer. Can't argue with computers. Tonight on It Will Probably Be Okay. Let's pull up our chairs and tuck our napkins as we consider the final meal of the day. We're talking about dinner. Whether it's a nightly ritual, a sacred holiday offering, or all the kinds of ways we choke down our daily kibbles, let's talk about it. Won't you sup with my co-hosts and I in this refined dining experience? My name's Nikenji, and I maintain for these Americans that supper and dinner time are two different things. I'm Nick, (laughs) and tonight for dinner, I had leftovers from St. Patrick's Day, and they were delicious. And And my name is Gabe Wollenberg, and unlike a certain famous beagle, I don't get all excited and dance around at supper time. (laughs) <laughs> Am I too young for that joke? I, and That's a Snoopy. He's talking Snoopy. Oh. I'm talking Snoopy. I mean. <laughs> it was oh. part of, you're a, it's a good, you're a good man, Charlie Brown, the stage show. Wow. Oh. This I, this happens to me at school like six times a day. <laughs> He's used you to it. Know, you guys know about the Toxic Crusaders, right? Ah, <laughs> oh, who doesn't remember Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? No, the original Eastman and Laird ones. <laughs> Great Space Coaster. You bet. Right. He hated Space Coaster. <laughs> and that's the news with Gary. <laughs> okay. And now for something really GNU, here's Gary GNU. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. So, Nikenji, you actually, in your introduction, hit on a little bit of what I was thinking of exploring. And that is literally, what is the difference between supper and dinner? Oh, nice. 
it turns out, well, Nikenji, you tell me first, and then I can tell you what it is in America. But like you said, Americans, let me tell you, there is a difference. I can't quite remember what the difference is. It is based okay. off of like, <sighs> supper is last after dinner, I feel if I remember. I've been out of Barbados for too long. And it's more like a snack than like a full meal. So you might have like some, a little, little some biscuits and a, a cuppa, but like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it was the little thing like, that like cucumbers, right? A cuppa? Uh, mm-hmm. A cup of tea. Oh, okay. I was thinking <laughs> Japanese. Yokai. Oh, uh, <laughs> I want to call segments like this that we're having right now where Gabe like does some research. I want to call him teach us, Mr. Gabe. (laughs) (laughs) Teach us about about supper and dinner, Mr. Gabe. Let me start by activating your schema by asking you to share with me what you think (laughs) supper and dinner means. So what is it? I thought, you know who really is going to know the difference? Texas. Let's turn to Texas and specifically the protocol school of Texas. The what? That's right. The protocol school of Texas. You might ask, what is the protocol school of Texas? Well, it's a company specializing in an executive leadership and business etiquette training in Texas. (laughs) I assume. Everything's bigger in Texas. It is. And the difference between dinner and supper is featured in a column by Diane Gotsman called Ask the Etiquette Expert, <laughs> who apparently is Diane Gotsman. <laughs> Dear Diane, oh, I should mention the Protocol School of Texas on their website has a lot of interesting information, but it does say hire Diane. So I'm starting to think the protocol school of Texas might just be Diane. (laughs) Never have them. Nope. Diane. Sorry. (laughs) So a writes, dear Diane, I noticed that some of my friends <laughs> invite us over for dinner while others use the word supper when referring to the evening meal. Is there a difference? I want to make sure I'm using the correct term. <laughs> and Diane says, dear Kate. Oh, I should do this like a Texan, shouldn't I? Yeah. Oh, come on. <laughs> growing up in the south i'd spend every sunday at my grandmother's house where we'd eat sunday supper my girlfriend and i also uses the word supper when she's referring to the evening meal many people call it dinner so your question is both interesting and valid i think she ever starts off a column with what a dumb question <laughs> a dumb question and a waste of my time <laughs> that's the texas way So she says that it depends on that the words are mostly used interchangeably today, although historically each had distinct meetings. And then she has like 600 more words that I was like, oh, too boring. So I went over to (laughs) Merriam-Webster, the dictionary. (laughs) A conclusion, please. (laughs) Dinner. And supper, according to Miriam Webster's What to Know pullout box, so that you don't have to read all of this crap. <laughs> it's like it was written just for me. Come on! Dinner and supper <laughs> are genu- generally synonymous when referring to a meal in the evening. However, dinner can be considered by some to be a somewhat more formal word. In chiefly British English, supper can also refer to a light meal or snack that is eaten late in the evening. 
I do remember some of my culture. <laughs> so you were correct, right? You remembered. However, I was not satisfied with facts <laughs> <laughs> and reasonable interpretations. And there's a lot of websites about it. But you know what I like, Nikenji? <laughs> you know what one of my favorite things in the world is? Charts that aren't meaningful. <laughs> <laughs> and you do so love charts. I do love charts, <laughs> and especially ones that are kind of broken at the at the in general. And so what <laughs> I just in the chat is a link to the Google Books Ngram viewer for appearances of the words supper, dinner, breakfast, lunch, and Taco Bell. <laughs> Throughout time, the Google Books Ingram viewer tells you how often books appear in printed literature that Google has scanned. So that's a pretty bizarre subset, but I guess it's a snapshot of culture. <laughs> how many times these words so have around appeared? Around 1910, they stopped saying supper a lot and right. started saying so dinner. Whether it's supper or dinner depends on what side of 1905 you land on. <laughs> <laughs> If it's 1890, the last meal of the day is supper. And if it's 1927, the last meal of the day is dinner. It, then, then, you know, it kind of follows that trajectory. Taco Bell does appear, but I think it's an anomaly in 1919. Like, I don't think that really is the first known appearance of Taco Bell as I That's mean it. zero. If you hover over it, it's at zero. I've got a, well, maybe I have a bigger number, but I have. Oh, um, 0. Yeah. 0. 0. 0.00000077 around yeah. 18. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, some, some magician from the future wrote in his journals <laughs> and there will be a bell for tacos and they shall call it taco bell and they shall run for the border and enjoy the fourth meal. Like, so, yeah. But if you follow this over. Again, because charts are dumb, if you get to about 1991 and through 98, turns out breakfast is the word that is the most commonly used to describe meals. I feel like that has to do with the fitness, fitness and shit. And like breakfast is the best, oh, yeah. most important yeah. meal of the You're day. Right. That's 97. And then Absolutely. Taco Bell. In like 2001, 2003 kind of peaks. And yeah. much like lunch, it's been on a downward trajectory ever since. That's, Nowhere. Yeah. I had to look up Taco Bell because fourth meal never appeared. <laughs> oh my gosh. Because the reality is supper is the fourth meal. If you want to be all British about it. Uh... Anyway. Would you also like to look up other things in the Ngram viewer? Because I think it's super fun. Like we could look up Nick, comma, McKenji, and Gabe. And then let's just, let's find a name like Betty. And let's look those up. Nick, McKenji, Gabe, and Betty. So Betty has always been more popular until, oh, look at that. Until when Nick went crazy. McKenji. You have uh, your name was, appears to have published a little bit in 2007, but not as commonly as Taco Bell. Um, <laughs> but Nick, clearly, your name is the most commonly published name of the three of us and our fictional friend Betty. And we needed a whole lot of science to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> So that's what I got. The only reason I even remember vaguely the difference between supper and dinner is because I grew up reading Enid Blyton books, which is not an author that is an American thing, but it's like a Caribbean slash British thing. And it's kind of like famous five type books. And they always have like a little light supper, like a cold slice of ham and a chunk of bread and a cuppa when the kids came home dirty from their adventures. 
It made me it made me think of, you know, my house in the suburbs growing up and and pretty much everybody else's house in the suburbs that I spent time in growing up. They had a like kind of like a place where they normally ate every night with family and then they had a separate dining room. And like the dining room was the room that you'd only use for like special occasions or important dinners. And so to me, when I think of like supper versus dinner, like supper, you just have like, you know, at, at your, you know, tall chairs on, on your like kind of counter. Whereas dinner, you're like really like pulling out the nice china. You're putting tablecloths down and you're going to like have a really nice dinner. Well, for me, you eat supper and dinner in the kitchen because the dining room is where you keep your mail. <laughs> we don't have a dining room. I, I wish we did. I don't know what that's like. I don't have well, a dining room either. It's a... another room to dust. <laughs> <laughs> For my segment, we're going to use supper and dinner interchangeably to talk about just the questions you'd want to know around dinner. So the first question I want to ask is, what's your favorite restaurant meal right now? Seems unfair. Right now? Or of yeah, right time? now. Let's do right now. We're in an interesting time where, you know, in, unless you're an anti-masker or whatever, you're not eating at a restaurant. So, you know, we're all doing curbside. We're picking up food. We're going through drive throughs So, yeah, let's talk about right now. What's your favorite restaurant meal? Lacrosse is kind of lacking, but I have discovered the Milwaukee Burger Company. I love their burgers. And... I fuck up their wings. Well, not so much now that I'm on drugs, but their wings are like, you know, when some places the wings are still pale for a Caribbean person, that implies they're not cooked. And these wings are the right color with the right amount of sauce. And it's just like, it's heavenly. Back when I could actually eat lots of food in one instance. Now I have three. I'm like, I'm full. I'm good. But that's my favorite meal to restaurant to, to order from right now. That sounds pretty delicious. So I'm in Watertown. <laughs> and so you all know what that means as far as a culinary experience. <laughs> the bad news is the place one time where all those gnats died on the chips is closed. Mm, and I, I guess know. that's bad news. The Mexican restaurants that are of the ones that are still open, the ones that I like to go to have flip flopped a couple times. And mysteriously, when that happens, so does the whole staff. I, I can't explain it. It's weird. It's a Watertown thing. We will occasionally bring sushi home from uh, Saki House. There's mm -hmm. two reasons I do that here in Watertown. One, it is literally one of the only places you can order food on the Internet in Watertown. And I am adverse to talking to people in, in person, especially <laughs> on the telephone, especially about food. I don't know what it is about ordering on the phone, but I, I lose my mind and I just start jabbering. <laughs> like I'd like I call up Phil's pizza and I'd be like, I want a euro and my daughter wants some spaghetti. And I guess do you have that with the the with or without meat sauce? And if you don't have meat sauce, that's okay. But do you ever sell any kind of other noodles? Because I remember we had noodles one time and the lady interrupts me and says, Oh honey, I'm real busy. You need to figure this out and call me back. And I'm like, Oh no, I've done it wrong. What do I do now? And I start to panic and we all end up eating a Greek salad. I'll be thankful that you don't have to ever spell out your name. <laughs> so, so I don't have a favorite right now. Actually, no, I do. When we can, when we remember to do it, Jenny occasionally on a Friday will bring home Delafield Brew House. Oh, okay. fish fry, which is pretty good. So, on her way back from work, she'll go through Delafield and bring us something delicious. Awesome. For me, and I think I've been to this location with you two before, or maybe, I don't know, Gabe, but the Vanguard. We've been ordering out every Friday night and getting different places. And we just keep going back to some of the same places we keep going back to because we just like them so much. And the Vanguard's one of them. And I just, I love the Nashville hot chicken sausage. And I love, they have this fried tofu that's like an Asian style sweet fried tofu and it is just awesome 
So yeah, that's the place that I think I just, I love eating. I get so excited. You have to try Maharaja. It's like, I miss Milwaukee because I miss me having Indian food that I actually would eat. Mm -hmm. The one Indian place here is just, Mm. curry needs to be orange. Otherwise, (laughs) it's a different type of thing and it's not curry. I would be remiss also if I didn't plug Lulu, right? Cafe Lulu yeah. owned by a relative. Like they, I've, I watched their advertisement. It looks like they're doing some pretty good curbside and limited dine-in. So that's another one I'd say Milwaukee right now, but I don't go there because I'd have to go to Milwaukee. Yeah. You'd have to drive. Which a long I way. just have no reason to anymore. What's the most memorable meal that you've had while you're traveling? I don't travel. Okay. So if I travel, I travel to Barbados. I travel to Trinidad. I travel to Grenada. And I have traveled to Canada. But I feel like having authentic Trini roti and doubles. I discovered I don't actually like doubles, which felt terrible as a Caribbean woman. But an authentic Trini roti, that was bomb. So, can, can you t- can you tell me what that is? Um, it's really hard to explain, and it's nothing like a burrito, but it's imagine a tortilla that is very very thin. Somehow they may manage to get it even thinner than a tortilla, right? Sure. And then in it, you usually put you can have, it could be like curry chicken or it could be beef or it could be curry uh chicken and potatoes it could be beef and potatoes i've heard some pork rotis but that's not really like a thing and you put it in the center and you roll it up kind of like you would a burrito it's never as huge as a burrito though and you eat it like that and it comes from the fact that back in the day a shit ton of indians like from india immigrated to Trinidad and they now make up like a substantial part of their population and they brought with them their culture that kind of like spread across the Caribbean and so now rotis are like a thing and it's always strange for me in America because the only time I see roti is when they refer to it as naan and naan means bread and it's never like the thin like dough that I'm looking for Mm -hmm. so And I can't make it myself. I can never get it as thin as... I can never get it as thin. It's really sad. It's like like millimeters thick. I swear to you. That's like the the thing about some of that restaurant food. Like the best stuff is the stuff that there's no way you could possibly come close (laughs) to making it at home. I want to talk a little bit about my favorite meal that I've ever had traveling. And it was actually the last time I traveled. And we went to Denver and we didn't, my wife and I, we didn't really plan anything out too carefully. I knew what breweries I wanted to go to, but otherwise we were just going to kind of like do our thing, see some nature, have fun. So one night we we did have one plan was to go see a concert. And that night we had, so we had to get dinner before the show and we were both feeling like sushi because we hadn't had any, any fish on the trip. And so we went to this place, but we just found a place that was near the concert hall and it was called Sushi Rama. And I didn't look it up, didn't know anything about it, just found a place nearby. And it turned out to be one of these places that I've only ever seen on television where they put the sushi on these plates and then it just goes on a conveyor belt. And when you see one, when you see one that you want, you just grab it off. And I think it was just like, it was just so cool that I'd seen a place like that before. I never thought I'd go to one. I just randomly went into one, just made it such a memorable dinner. And then all of the sushi was so delicious because they would send it around on plates like that. You could pick up two individual pieces. You didn't have to take a whole giant roll. So you just got to try so much different stuff. And we, it was really busy when we were there, but we, we did find two seats and we ordered the miso soup and the salad because we love eating that before you have your sushi dinner. We always love eating it. And then we started just eating the sushi and eating the sushi and eating the sushi. And our food, our 
salad and soup hadn't come out yet. And finally the waiter came and he's like, oh, sorry, I forgot about your salad and soup. We're like, no, we don't need it. We've already eaten like way too much sushi. Like just keep it back there. So that was, that was mine. It was just a really great, really memorable meal with like awesome. Was it a conveyor or a boat? Sushi boat. It was a, it was a conveyor system. Yeah, it was a conveyor. Okay. Cause they've also seen them with the water, you know, and mm-hmm. like they have these little boats chained together that yeah. are floating along in the water and they're, they're really just being pulled, but it looked like right, they're floating right. along in the water. I went to one of those in San Francisco once awesome. and, and I had a similar experience to you. Like, I was like, this is amazing because you get to try all this different types of sushi and what they do there. And I'm assuming they did this as well in, in Denver is like you pay based on the color of the plate. Yep. So, yep. you know, if you take a dark plate, that's going to be like a, with the gold trim, that's going to be like a $10 cut you're having. And if you take the light blue plate, that's like a 50 cent one or whatever. And like, so like you're sitting there, you take these plates off and like you rat stack up this like stack of plates. And like when you start thinking about most of those plates are like two, two and a half bucks and the plates start to get really yeah. high, like the cost of the meal becomes very obvious. smash cut to me watching a kid across from us who is looking at their plates all their dark plates with the gold lacquer all of a sudden looking more and more fearful as they figure out oh god the plates are how you know what it costs (laughs) but i thought you were going to talk about domo which is another restaurant in denver that i've been to that serves sushi but they do it in the like super traditional Japanese country style. In, fa- in fact, the, the chairs in there are all traditional like tree stumps. They don't have chairs. It's like a straight out of an old Kurosawa movie. My favorite travel meal occurred in Belize. Now, Belize is not well known for its cuisine, really. Maybe it is. I can't think of a famous Belizean treat. But as you know, I cruise from time to time. My family and I enjoy a cruise. We were about to cruise one year ago and didn't. Mm. But this particular cruise was just Jennifer and I. I can't remember. Maybe Gaia was there. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. What matters is we were on, I think it was just me. We were, we booked a river excursion. Okay. So from the cruise ship, you buy these excursions and they take you up the street and the excursions are all run by locals. So like in some cases, they're terrible, dumb wastes of time and tourist traps. And in other cases, they're like pretty freaking authentic. But what happens is the cruise company gives the, the excursion provider a budget and they then make that, but use that budget to make an, an, a trip that they will offer to the cruise company. And if people like it, like, you know, and they keep a little on the side for their profit, but they like, you know, they got to make sure people enjoy the trip. And so this river excursion took you out from the port in Belize and then across the bay and like they, they would show you some manatees and then they would go to the river and like we're going up the river and you're looking for monkeys and you're looking for alligators and manatees and you're like going up this river and like you see monkeys and you yell monkeys and everybody freaks out <laughs> and all the way along you're looking and and there are all of these amazing gigantic iguana Everywhere you are, beautiful, gigantic iguana. And the further up you get in the river, the smaller the iguana get. And the man giving us the tour is local. And we're like, he's like, oh, you like the iguana? And I'm like, yeah, the iguana are incredible. And he's like, they call it bamboo chicken. And I said, what? And they said, they call it bamboo chicken because it tastes like chicken. And it lives on the bamboo. And I said, oh, that's that's weird. You know, like, but okay, that's what they call it. <laughs> so we get up to... <laughs> that's what they call it, I guess. We get up to the place where we're going to have lunch, buy some trinkets, and turn around, right? 
And we get up there and we're walking up the thing and he's like, we're going to go have red beans and rice and some traditional, some of my village's traditional chicken. And you can hear him saying under his breath, bamboo chicken. And so I'm leaving the room a little and I'm looking around and I'm like, there's a... There's an awful lot of chickens running around in this village and not a lot of, not a lot of iguanas running around in this village. (laughs) And I'm thinking they save money by spending less money. Their profits go up. So I'm thinking there's a pretty good chance I'm going to eat some bamboo chicken. And the, the, because, because I'm cruising, of course there's this, retired couple from the East coast talking to the guy as we leave. Now, how do we know that that's not bamboo chicken? How do we know you're not going to serve us iguanas? And he says, I assure you, I assure you it's chicken. (laughs) And as he leaves, I hear him mutter. You'll never know. (laughs) You'll never know, but you'll never know. It's chicken. I assure you. But you'll never know. I mean, did he say you'll never know or like you would never know? Like either way, you would never know. But he it's, was speaking it's chicken. to himself, but he was literally saying, it's definitely <laughs> chicken, but you'll never know. <laughs> it's ambiguous, right? <laughs> so we get up there, we get our big plate of red beans and rice, and we get some some delicious, like like pepper stewed meat. And I noticed there are an awful lot of forearms in the meat because it's all boned. So there was a few drumstick looking things, but mostly forearms, which notably chickens don't have. (laughs) And Jenny says to me, do you think? And I went, yeah, don't say anything chicken and it tastes like chicken it's it was it had it was seasoned a lot so it's hard to say how it tasted but it had that gamier flavor that i assume comes from eating natural chicken not using probiotics there in the village yeah, that- slaughtered you know regularly recently and sounds right i am 100 percent convinced that I've had some some delicious Brazilian Belizean chicken, and it was probably of the four legged variety. <laughs> so, oh my god! I, I, so, uh, another question I had, and I, I want to ask you this question now, Gabe: is is that the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? Nope. Okay, well, tell us the weirdest thing you've ever eaten. <laughs> Nope. So I actually, I hadn't thought about telling the bamboo chicken story until I realized you had said that it was when you're traveling. And that is definitely my traveling story about eating. Although I have one where I've upset a very fastidious little, little Asian lady at a Korean barbecue place by not using my napkins properly. And like, she would come out and lecture us and that was fantastic, but it was not my favorite experience. It was just a lot of fun. No, this one. Do you guys, have you ever go to Peony in Brookfield? It's a dim sum no. restaurant. No. And it, it was, I don't know if it's still around, but it was right next to that wings place you and I went once. And it's right down in that neighborhood and it's dim sum. So dim sum is like uh, Chinese food that's served like little portions. It's almost like the sushi of Chinese food, except not really at all. But like, oh, you know, yeah. so like you get different food and different little treats and it's, 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 it's like tapas. Like, it's like yeah, tapas. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Love and tapas. We were there with a friend of, we went there pretty regularly back in, in, in you know, the, when Gaia was a toddler. And so we were there with our friend and he decided with great bravado that he was going to order the duck feet. Mm. And Chitons? what? No, nah, it's hard to explain. Like for the most part, a lot of Chinese dishes are like like weird, delicious meat that you don't ask what is wrapped in some kind of casing, right? Like which you also don't mm-hmm. ask what is. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's a lot of other stuff like that. But like, so when he's like, "I'm going to have the duck feet," 
we were like, okay, yeah, well, you probably won't even know. And then they bring out this steamer. And inside the steamer is this monkey's paw of a duck foot sticking straight up out of this little barrel, like this little like doughy sort of uh, thing. Right. And like, it's a duck foot looking at you there on the table and it's crispy. And like the little breaded thing on the bottom looks pretty good. And we say, Patrick, you you ordered the duck foot. Yeah, you you gotta eat it. You have to eat the duck foot. Yeah, yeah, you and gotta he says, eat it. He says, "Yeah, I know." And so he picks up the duck foot and he holds it by the bottom, by the little nub on the bottom, and he's got the foot in front of him, and he reaches in and he takes a big bite and bites the two middle fingers out of the duck foot. <sighs> duck feet are mostly cartilage. And the parts that aren't cartilage are skin between the cartilage. So he's sitting there chewing what he is increasingly realizing is the wrong end of the little scrumptious treat that he just bought. <laughs> it's the part you leave on the plate that he's chewing on. <laughs> and the lady comes back who knew us and was always kind of fastidious with us. And he says, excuse me, I have a question. And she says, and she's very proper. And she says, yes, what's your question? And he said, I ordered the duck feet. And she went, yeah, very unusual. And he said, and you would just eat the bottom, right? And she says, <laughs> yes, you eat the bottom. The, 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 the duck foot is just in there for flavor. And, and he says, so you wouldn't like eat the duck foot. And she's, her eyes get real wide. And she says, no and then pat says no that would be ridiculous wouldn't it and the lady looks down at the plate and sees the duck foot throwing the horns at her and her eyes go wide her mouth goes shut and she says excuse me and she takes off around the corner back into the kitchen and then you hear the entire staff roaring with laughter <laughs> So I ate the other part of the duck foot because it came with two and <laughs> it didn't taste like anything. It tasted fine. It was delicious. I don't know what the meat was in the duck feet. I'm assuming duck, which I don't necessarily yeah. like, but that is hands down. A duck foot dumpling is the strangest thing I've ever eaten. I, however, didn't eat the feet part. <laughs> that was someone else. I don't think I've ever eaten anything strange. I stick to fish, chicken, a little bit of beef and a little bit of pork. But in Barbados, there's this traditional food of pudding and sauce. And this is why, like, whenever people, like, I am not a representative of Barbados. Because I'm part Barbadian, part Grenadian. And my mother was Grenadian. So it's basically a mishmash of mostly Grenadian slash Barbadian food that if I go to Barbadian like kids homes, I'd be like, what the fuck is that? And apparently that's how they make their dumplings, <laughs> which is different from how my mom makes dumplings. Cause she's fucking Grenadian. Right. But put it in a sauce is a big deal. And sauce, wait, no, the pudding. Guess what the pudding is made from. Is it like horse hooves? Nope. Well, it's pudding in the British sense, right? Mm -hmm. So it's it's so it's probably head cheese and meat and goat brains, like something nasty. Blood. <laughs> yep. Oh, blood. Blood, oh. blood pudding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have never, ever eaten pudding in South. and Bajans will swear by it, but I have never. Even put an in sauce. And so I don't eat it. I don't have any tales no. of anything weird. I mean, one time I ate some, like, I think, was it, no, it was not Taco Bell. Like, I, I had some, that's how I discovered that I was allergic to, to shellfish, just, like, a little bit. Because I had some, what was it, prawns? <laughs> was the other, not, was the other, it's not, it wasn't shrimp. Maybe it was shrimp. Whatever. I was at this fancy gala. And that's what they served. And I was like, well, you know, fuck it. Let me just eat what's on my plate. And then, like, my tongue started to feel tingly, and my throat started to itch, and I started to feel very, very, very crazy. And it was at that point that I realized, you know, this is my 
the first time I tried it, I threw up. Perhaps it's not for me. And so I have just said that I'm allergic to shellfish ever since. But I don't actually have confirmation because I'm not willing to try because they say that the allergic reactions increase every time you mm. expose yourself to the allergy. <laughs> I, I had a uh, crayfish at Brett Favre's Mistake House. Yeah, I went there. Are sardines weird? I've eaten sardines. I yeah, mean, I think sardines are pretty weird. I like sardines. I grew up eating sardines. I cannot fucking believe it. Sardines um, and crackers. And the pickled herring and cream. Ugh, yeah, oh, I could not too. do a fucking pickled <laughs> herring. I cannot stand the smell of herring. Mine mine is full gras. You had full gras? I did, yeah. I we had it. Listen, yeah, I know. We, my we, local high school, you are sitting here with a Watertown Gaza. I know, I know. Yeah, named, exactly. Named in honor of the fattened geese. Yes. Yeah, we we, we got frog gras on our anniversary a couple years ago. We were at a restaurant in Walker's Point called C1880, which has since closed, unfortunately, because it was a really nice place. And so we're just like, let's give this a try. And I don't know, like the experience of eating it wasn't great. The taste was good, but it's just, it's just like eating a lot of, I don't know, like, like eating butter or something. It's just, it's a little much. Yeah. Paste, paste is a hard mouth texture. Yeah. Like really, any kind it of really paste, is. you know? Yeah. I mean, it was delicious and it was that. just like, it was like one of those things where it's like, well, I, I want to try this one time. Like I just, I want to know what it's like. And yeah, it was I, I, I'm okay never eating it again, but I'm glad I tried it. <laughs> I've learned that I should not try things that if my brain is like, eh, don't try it because I will throw up. That's what happened with the first fucking set of fried shrimp I ate that my cousin brought home. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. An hour later. So me not try things I don't find appetizing no more. <laughs> So my last question is just, what's the best meal you cook? And uh, feel free to think about this in the context also of, you know, what meal has gotten you through COVID? What meal have you been making at home that really is a staple? So none of those things apply to me. But as a Barbadian, I make a mean macaroni pie and like baked chicken, rice and peas. I actually lost the ability to make rice and peas well. Because growing up, you just knew the measurements based on the pots you had. And mm. now, like, I don't do it frequently enough because my husband doesn't like peas in his rice. And so now whenever I do it, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck to do anymore. It never ends up being right. But anyway, so like traditional meals like I'm fine with. But I recently discovered this creamy roasted red pepper sauce. It is so fucking delicious. And what I like to do is I'll put it in pasta and then I will basically just like sear some chicken, like cut it thin, put some like garlic and black pepper on it, sear it, chop it up into strips, put it into the, the pasta that's now in the sauce and mix it all up. It is fucking bomb. That does and sound good. I never knew roasted red peppers blended up with some, like, yeah. you could use, like, a hot pepper or two and, like, some onions and some heavy cream and some garlic and some black pepper. And now it's, like, a staple. Like, I made it for my friend, and she was just, like, eating. And she don't be eating. But she was eating. <laughs> so. Wow, yeah, that sounds really delicious. What about you, Gabe? I will occasionally wander into a weekend cooking bender where Jennifer and I will decide to make something ridiculous. So like every year or so we, every couple of years, we might make a beef Wellington, which if you've never done is not as hard as you think it is, but still harder than it should be. And, you know, and the whole time we do it, we're just like Gordon Ramsay would be so disappointed with us. <laughs> Who grabs that out there and doesn't think about changing the fold? Who can be that dirty? Look at the mess of this place. It's fucking ridiculous. Hot wings next to fucking raw pork. You kill everybody. But like, it always turns out like beef Wellington's good. Like that's one of my 
go to fancy meals. But, you know, my go to meal, like my and I'm going to just say, like, we all have different comfort foods here, but I can be like, hey, I I'm tired tonight. Let's make we call we call uh, breaded chicken patties on uh, with fresh tomatoes and mayonnaise on a Kaiser roll. We used to call it Chick-fil-A at home, but now we call it Chick-fil-A without the hate. And like, <laughs> I got sponsored by Chick-fil-A. Uh, it's all right. I don't <laughs> uh, but like Chick-fil-A without the hate, we will make at home and then Gaia can add the, the homemade mac and cheese and it's amazing. I was going to say, um, I can't believe we made it in, this long into an episode about dinner without talking about the fact I don't like cheese. But like, I wanted to ask Nikenji, is the macaroni pie, is that a cheese dish too? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I would like that. <laughs> I would think yeah, I wouldn't be a fan. Wait, you know, so can you eat lasagna? Can you eat, because sometimes I make like traditional Italian lasagna, which doesn't actually have cheese in it. It's just like, what does it call it? Ricotta cheese is still cheese. No, traditional lasagna has like bechamel, bechamel, bechamel. Yeah, And it's basically milk and flour. And and so technically that would be something you could eat because it's it doesn't have cheese. Yeah, probably like I, traditional I, Italian. The more I think about it, like the more like I don't understand why I don't like cheese. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but it's just like it's kind Nobody of my does, brand. Nick. It's my Nobody brand does. now. It's kind of my brand now. I, I gotta just do it. Nobody understands why you don't like cheese, or nobody likes cheese. Nobody <laughs> understands why Nick doesn't like cheese. Oh, okay. When we what? worked together, did I ever do the the Hey, do you want some cheese bit? Where I just pull out pocket cheese, like a big stick of cheese out of my hand and go, hey, do you want some pocket cheese? Yeah, I think you I think did. You did. did, yes. did I I, yeah, that? I remember. Okay. It's one of yeah. my favorite. It's one of my favorite things to do to my students right now. Is that I'll is walk so around weird. And then I'll have a pocket cheese and I'll bring out a pocket that cheese. That is creepy. And a hot, hey. gross string cheese, individually packaged string cheese. And with like the liquid in it, you know, like oh, it's been just stewing away in it's my just so gross. <laughs> And then I'll look at the kids and I'll go, Hey, you want some pocket cheese? And they look I at wanna... me and they're like, What? And I go, Pocket cheese. It's real warm. You sound like Stranger <laughs> Danger right now. That's what you sound yeah. like. Stranger Danger. Stranger <laughs> Danger. Stranger Danger. Danger. The pocket cheese. And oh. Mr. Gain tried like, to give me a pocket cheese. Yep. Nine, 98.3 baby <laughs> cheese been slow cooked it's, I'm like a you're like a good cheese I'm like boiler. a fucking cheese sous vide in here. <laughs> so yeah Nick I get maybe why you don't like cheese <laughs> that is gross not do that to fromage I'll say the meal that we've cooked most probably during this period has been this hal- halal chicken, which I think is like a Mediterranean flavored halal chicken. chicken. Halal chicken. Yeah. And so we do it with. Halal technically just means that it's halal. So you need another descriptive term in there. Otherwise you're just saying chicken. That's no. up to the standards of being eaten by a Muslim. Yeah, this is like this this like recipe is inspired by these these carts apparently, these food carts that they have in New York. It's chicken oh. with Mediterranean spices and then you eat it with the turmeric rice and lettuce and tomato and you eat it over it's really delicious. Is there any yogurt in there? There is yogurt in the white sauce, yeah. It's yep, it's yogurt yep, and mayonnaise. Yep, yep, yep. I wanted to ask you guys what is your most surprisingly enjoyable meal? And for me, I once went to this restaurant and I had this Lebanese lemon chicken dish and I did not quite like it at all when I was eating it. I was like, this is so lemony, so, so fucking lemony. Then I got home with my little like, you know, takeout bag and I smashed the fuck out of that lemon chicken 
And ever since then, I've been searching for a recipe that is as accurate as to what I have eaten. And I cannot fucking find it every time. And I'm on my third recipe. Just this past weekend, I had wanted to try buffalo cauliflower for a long time. And I hadn't tried it. I, I like buffalo wings, but I always find the experience of eating them a little bit gross. I didn't think that this would be like a suitable replacement for that, but I hoped it would just be good. We ordered the side dish at Cloud Red, which is in Shorewood. And man, they were so good. I, I thought like, wow, I could I could eat these in place of buffalo wings like like a third of the time at least. But it might have just been how well they were prepared by that specific place. So that would I be have mine. been chasing since since that trip to San Francisco in like two nineteen ninety nine or two thousand one, like since that trip, I have been chasing the Korean barbecue at this place we went to, and it's not anything I've been able to get here, but it was this incredible broiled double cooked rice and beef barbecued dish that I have never been able to get back to. I, I cook with an Asian flair now pretty well. Like I go to a lot of world grocery stores and get like, you know, like authentic ingredients and try to try to noodle my way through like, and I, I'm not anywhere near good at it, but like I've even tried to do that to find this flavor and I've just never been able to find it. And, and part of the problem is the restaurant is gone. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I have pictures of it. I know where what it is and what it looked like. But the restaurant is gone, so we'll never be able to get it again. And it was 20 years ago. I don't really remember if it was actually that good. I'll never find that taste because <laughs> I don't remember the taste I'm searching for anymore. You know? That's so frustrating. Oh uh, yeah. I I have a similar experience to that actually in Watertown at the restaurant game that you were talking about that has closed. They had a dish there that I would always get, and it was this chicken in this red sauce, and I don't know if it was roasted red peppers. It must have been roasted red peppers, tomatoes, chili powder, something. But this sauce was so good, and it had the spice to it. And, I mean, I've never seen anything like this on any other menu that I've looked for it. I All the places I go, I've never found anything that compares to this at all. And it was delicious. Yeah, they'll get you sometimes. And it turns out the flavor you're looking for is human fingernails. (laughs) (laughs) Don't say that. (laughs) Whenever we say, what's the weirdest thing you've ever ate? I always like to add an asterisk that you're aware of. Yeah. (laughs) You don't know. I'm sure you've eaten something way weirder than that and you're just not aware of it. Nick, before we turn the page uh, and try to desperately find some life lessons out of this, what is on the docket for next week? All right. Let me let me mix it up. Next week, we will be talking about pizza. What's funny is this was about dinner and we all pretty much talked about food. Like, like I was expecting, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I, I yeah. sometimes like to think about like, okay, so like dinner is also like this family touchstone and this whole social thing. And no, none of us did any shtick on the last supper versus dinner, which I'm actually <laughs> grateful for because we're better than that. But as we look toward the future, we must take a look at the recent past as in the last 45 minutes or so and ask ourselves... So what did we learn? I learned that apparently I'm the only person that does not like sushi. True facts. I learned to never give or receive pocket cheese. (laughs) I actually have a a corollary. Corollary? Is that right? To that lesson? Yeah. If Gabe asks you if you want pocket cheese, just say no thank you. He's only offering it for to you to get a reaction. <laughs> yeah, you want definitely. It to stop. Just say <laughs> thank you. 
<laughs> the difference, I learned, the difference between supper and dinner is less important than the fact that Taco Bell is not even on the scale. <laughs> Taco Bell is gross. I learned Kenji has color grades for evaluating both curry and hot wings. I mean, come on. <laughs> she does. Yeah, There's yeah. Different kinds of curry. Denver has a lot of great sushi places. And ultimately, whether you say dinner or supper, what matters is that you live fully while you do it. Dinnering and suppering. What matters is that you live fully while you do it because so long as you are enjoying a dinner or a supper, it will probably be okay. dinner these days we never call it supper i don't think i i don't think people call it supper i have to remind myself to eat yeah i don't have that problem